Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Before we get started with today's episode, I would like to invite you to join a free class that I will be teaching. It's about how to work with a mace without having a mace. So if you'd like to come and join us, send me a message and uh, I'll send you all the information. And thanks for listening. And now let's get started with today's episode. Today on T3Fit Scoliosis Podcast, we have my friend, and I'm really going to try to pronounce his name correctly, Shano Nebel Rasmussen from Denmark. On Instagram, his name, his name is Fuck Scoliosis. <laughs> so Shano, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about your story with scoliosis? Yeah, of course. Um... I first uh, recognized it when I was like seven years old. It started with a bit of uh, back pain when I was uh, in class and playing PlayStation in my room and playing football with my friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was telling it to my parents and they were just like, uh, you're a young boy. You are, of course, you're in pain. You're falling around and being stupid. So that's not uncommon. Okay. So I've seven years old I just thought that my parents knew everything so of course they were right so I just went along with it and um, when I got to the years of 13 I think yeah around there I got uh, my first I I call it a, a spasm attack okay it was like uh, my my back spasmed so hard uh, that the whole body just shut down and I, I couldn't do anything about it. I could just uh, lay in my bed and uh, scream in pain. And uh, as a, of course, uh, my parents was home. So uh, they came to my room and found me laying in my bed and uh, being in lots of pain. And I think uh, they finally understood that it, it wasn't just be me being a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they... Um, they drove me to the, the nearest hospital. It's like an hour away, okay. 45 minutes away. Uh, and I had a lot of back pain the whole way. And I had to sit in the waiting room for like four hours with this pain. It was crazy. And I was crying. And I was, uh, think, I thought I was about to lose my mind. It was okay. really crazy. And uh, when I finally got to... Uh, to the doctor he uh, just poked around on my back with a with a finger and just said uh, hmm, you're a little harder here than there and I don't know why and I can give you a shot of this and then he just uh, 
gave me a shot of some calming, I think. Okay. It made my muscles relax at least. So after five minutes, it didn't hurt anymore. And I went home and I just thought that that was that. But uh, the pain came right after, as a right next day. So my journey with the doctors and hospitals and all that, it's just started right there. And I became a visitor like once, twice a week at the hospital. How old were and, you? Uh, 13, 14 years old. Okay. So I went from uh, seeing my friends uh, all the time and being a lot of uh, active and fun boy and to just have to be in the hospital all the time or be at the doctor's office. Or... And they just, uh... actually, they didn't really seem to care what was wrong with me. They were just like, we don't know, so bye. And as 13 years old, this, this was really hard because what to do? Yeah. I didn't know what to do. My parents didn't know. Apparently, the doctors didn't know. So I felt screwed a lot. Yeah. And um, it was, I think, two years of uh, this. Uh, no, no. Uh, I, first, they started calling it something, uh, what was it? angel wings because my shoulder blade is popping out a little bit mm -hmm. uh, on the right side. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they still looked very confused when they diagnosed me that, or what it called, uh, they called, uh, called it the angel wings. Uh, they looked like they wasn't quite sure of it. And that was terrifying. That was really terrifying. And they said it was because normally angel wings does it in both sides so both shoulder blades pops a bit okay. out but they didn't tell me what angel wings uh, was i have had to google that on my own like 10 years later <laughs> so okay. uh, i i uh, went around in the thought of uh, having angel wings like a year and going to um, a physical therapists mm -hmm. uh, and they gave me some exercises for this uh, problem. And whenever I did the exercises, my back started to hurt even more. It was so terrible. And uh, of course, I stopped doing it. <laughs> Do you know what type of therapy it was? or? I just got the, sent to the regular physical therapist, okay. uh, the guy who does everything, you know, legs and back okay. and arms and... Just and a general, uh, just a general physical yeah. therapist. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And he didn't know what to do. He just gave me a rubber and said, do this and do this and goodbye. Okay. And uh, when I did that, it hurt like, like a motherfucker, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it became just like my homework when my parents said, uh, did you do your homework? Of course. <laughs> And did you do your exercises? Oh, of course. No and problem. I yeah, I didn't do any of them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, of course, they, they found out uh, and they said, of course, it's never getting better when you're not doing the exercises. And I just couldn't explain that it made me hurt so much more on the back.
but uh, one year with this and um, they finally sent me into an x-ray okay. to see what's wrong because what I'm saying to them and what they think it just uh, just doesn't match. So, so even uh, when you went to the hospital, they didn't do an x-ray? No. They just kind for, of touched uh, you for, and said, oh, yeah. something here and something there. Yeah, for two and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And this was about so, 10 years ago? Yeah, 10, 11 years ago. Okay. So uh, when I finally got into the x-ray, they, they knew right away. It's not angel wings. Yeah. We fucked up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, uh, but it was not like, um, we have just taken the picture, come in and see. It was like, we have taken a picture, uh, go home and we will send you a letter in like one to three months. And one to three months later, I got a letter that said, uh, you have an appointment here in uh, one to three months. So you got a letter one to three months after the x-ray and then yeah. in that letter it said that come back in one to three months yeah to see the x-ray <sighs> and it would be a half year old x-ray then oh, wow yeah it's uh actually kind of amazing I, i'm <laughs> yeah i'm speechless on this it, it's and you're in a small town so yeah, you had, yeah, but you had... Uh, the nearest hospital is in the, one of the biggest towns in Denmark. It's like the fourth biggest town of Denmark, I think. And you still had, you had to wait that long to get yeah. an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wait that long for anything in the hospital in Denmark. Wow. Anything. I have been sitting next to a guy uh, having like a, a big hole in his head, holding a towel up. And just sitting there for two hours. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so you so you got the letter, said come back in one to three months. And you went back, and then what happened? I went back and then I was going to see a specialist in scoliosis, they said. Okay. Uh, and then that uh, made me or back specialist, they just said at the beginning. She called okay. herself scoliosis specialist. Okay. Uh, and that made me, uh, as a, it, it was uh, comfortable to know that maybe she knew something. And uh, when I walked in uh, to her office, uh, she just uh, dropped her chin uh, to the floor. She looked like she had seen a ghost. And then she said, uh, I really thought you was going to roll in here in a chair. And then I said, why? I, I walk fine. I, what? I don't understand. Yeah. And then she said, uh, looking from my, on my x-ray, she said, that curve, it looked crazy. She, was, she wouldn't believe that the person that had this curve could walk. Or if he did, he okay. would be uh, hunchbacked a lot. Mm -hmm. and, what, what were and, your curves? Do you remember? I think it is uh, 54 and 65, I think, okay. or 55 and 64. Okay. And the only thing that they said in the beginning was that you had the angel wings. They, if Did yeah. they have you touch your toes? Did they see anything else? 
no. all they saw were no. the scapulas uneven. Yeah, they only just like uh, at the regular doctor's office, just like uh, lift the shirt up. Let me look. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> wow. They, okay. They didn't anything before okay. I came to the x-ray. So. And so you went to this back specialist, scoliosis specialist, and she was, I'm going to say dumbstruck because you were able to yeah. walk in there yeah, like without nothing. any problems. Yeah. And she was floored by your uh, x-rays with the curves. So yeah. she had never seen anything to your degrees with somebody who was able to move the way you do. No, not at all. Okay. And then what happened? Actually, that was kind of scary to hear that a doctor who should know everything in this field, in my opinion, uh, thought that I would be sitting in a chair. Uh, so uh, I was kind of stunned back for a moment. And uh, she was telling me right away that uh, they couldn't do anything to uh, to help me. Uh, okay. The, if, it was because my curve is uh, very high in the, the neck area. Okay. So there would be a lot of, um, what is it called? Just Translation time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. If it were in German, <laughs> I could, I could, uh, I could work with that. <laughs> that would have, uh, that, there could be a lot of uh, bad things happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with the with that operation and uh, she actually said that the only thing they could do with a uh, uh, surgery, it was uh, make me stiff in the neck so I couldn't move my neck at okay. all. Uh, but if they did that, there would be a 50-50 chance uh, that I could end up in that damn chair she was talking about. Wow. Okay. And there was only a 50-50 chance that I would get rid of my pain. Okay. And it would be a 100% that I couldn't move my neck. So as a 15-year-old boy, I, that just didn't sound very appealing to me. Yeah. Not at all. So I just said no right away. Too many cons, not very many pros. <laughs> really, it, it was a no-brainer to say no. Okay. So did she, did she do any type of exercises with you, therapy? Did she work with you after she saw you walking into her office? No, uh, I had to come back there uh, one time a year uh, for all the time I was still growing. And I have heard a lot of people where the curves have still gotten worse, mm -hmm. even though they are weighed on growing. Yeah, so sure. I had to come back one time a year so she could take another x-ray and, you know, it was almost like when I walked out, I had an appointment a half year later, so it fit when another half year later. So it was, it was kind of come back in six months and wait and see. I come back in six months, we take an x-ray and then come back in six months to talk with the same uh, woman. Uh, same doctor about it and actually to come back and hear the same message over and over and over again and that's what you did yes that was what i did i didn't knew any different and my parents didn't knew any difference and wow so, so it was 
I can, I can only imagine. And then how long did you do that for? I think it was like four years. Okay. And did you get to a point where you said enough is enough and I'm not doing this anymore? Or what, what stopped you from continuing with the no, appointments? Actually, I, I still wanted to go there because uh, when I kept up the appointments, I got to see my x-ray on my own and I could follow my curve. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my own uh, only option to see it. Okay. So message, uh, yeah, of course it's, it stops making sense and and I stopped kind of listening to her and, but uh, she also, as a, the first day I was in there, and she's not done at all ruining my day at this point. Okay. Not at all. Uh, my big dream was to be, uh, to be a carpenter. And I have uh, dreamed about that since I was eight, seven years old, I think. Okay. And uh, I was just about to start on mm -hmm. the, the education and I have signed me in and actually I've gone there for a couple of weeks. And then she said I had to stop that right away. That wasn't good for my back. So she just killed my dream in front of me right there. And I just didn't do any different. And again, just went along with it and said, okay, then I have to do that. And she said that I was a bit overweight okay. and I needed to see uh, all uh, the extra kilos, all the kilos I didn't need it mm -hmm. uh, as uh, unnecessary weight. Mm -hmm. And unnecessary weight would fuck up my back even more. Okay. And uh, she actually said to me that I should watch out for uh, lifting more than one kilo. Uh, here in Denmark, it's the same as uh, one liter of milk. Okay, uh, yeah, one kilo is 2.25 pounds. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's what she said that over that amount of weight, I would uh, hurt my back and damage it even more. So at first I, I didn't want to work out or anything because I, I was kind of scared of it. Yeah. Because what if I made it worse by it? And it made sense that if I couldn't lift more than one uh, kilo, then more than one kilo extra on my body that would be bad too so I was kind of stuck in the middle of two nails that's that's a that's a lot to take in yeah yeah and it actually uh, it was hard it was really hard to to work with uh, also in the mind it was uh, it felt like everybody just started from that point to be on my shoulder like your doctor said you needed to uh, lose weight, uh, start doing something, and why you're not doing your exercises? And the weight everything. just gets the weight gets heavier on the shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, how old were you when you were going to go to school to become a carpenter? And she said that's not a good idea. Uh, Fifteen years okay. old. Yeah, and I, it was uh, just after. Uh, summer vacation and just started on the school as so a you're you're getting ready to go to school as a carpenter she's telling you uh, to lose weight 
but don't pick up more than one kilo and you can't do your dream job. Yeah. And you're 15 years old. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot. It was a hard blow to the stomach, I tell you. Yeah. And it really sent me spiraling after that. Uh, my life just went down a black hole from that point. It was like, like I just gave up. It really felt like life was just out to her to beat me. Mm-hmm. And I was just playing here on this earth to get beaten up by life. And I just couldn't handle it anymore. And that just escalated into drinking and that uh, drinking escalated into as a, I, I started drinking every damn day of the week. And as a 17 year old boy, I had a full on drinking problem. I wasn't full on alcoholic. Okay. And I also had a bit of a drug uh, abuse and it was not quite good. And I started hanging around with the, with the wrong people. And uh, yeah, that was just uh, my whole life just turned bad after that. Okay. And uh, I just had nobody at home to talk with at all. Uh, if my parents wasn't at work, they were drinking and my big brother just was never at home he was always at his friend's house so, so you were just was, left to deal with yeah. all your emotions and your dreams yeah. basically and, from the start of my back journey and feeling so, like you have no support yeah and in, I couldn't talk to my friends either because when I tried they didn't understand I I could tell them that it hurt like hell and I couldn't go with them to play football and but I couldn't I could just see on the faces they just didn't understand it. Yeah. That's the uh it's the hidden secret of scoliosis or being fused. Yeah. You know, I say yeah. often you don't know what you can't see and there's so much exactly. that goes on exactly. with scoliosis. Everything that you mentioned and not having the support and the tools of how to just live with it daily I call these hiccups in life so when you were told by this back specialist all the things that you couldn't do and then you had this moment of spiraling where you were home and you had some abusive abuse uh, substance abuse issues that was your hiccup in life so what changed for that hiccup to then become a smooth road for you to say I'm taking control back to be honest, it it really is uh, my girlfriend. It really is. When I met her, she changed my life so much. It's okay. crazy. Sometimes I call her Dwayne Johnson because she's my rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 how did she help you with the process? Uh, actually, we was uh, best friends before we became uh, okay. a couple. Mm-hmm. And so she, of course, she knew about my bad back and uh, she knew about my drinking problems and drug abuse and all that. And uh, I think she just saw a potential in me. I didn't see myself. And uh, when I met her, she, she started trying to say to me that all that uh, abuse of... Uh, substance it, it it just 
it just doesn't help anything really can't you see it you're just drunk now now you're just drunk and miserable before you were just miserable uh, so add more pain I, to the pain yeah and was when i was drinking i oh actually when i was sober i thought when i drink it just go away and when i was drunk it didn't go away at all it just became same time uh, 10 times worse yeah. And then I was so drunk that I couldn't remember how bad it was the next day. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when she, she tried to tell me a lot of times in the beginning that I had to stop drinking and doing drugs and all that because it, it didn't make sense at all. It was just crazy. Yeah. And uh, of, of course, in the beginning, when, uh, when an addict hear this, there's no addict that says the first time they hear it oh of course yeah oh that's how and now i will i will make that i'll make a change right now so uh, of course the first times i said to her what do you know have you been where i have been no you have not uh, and you know the really the victim the victim role and i kept doing that for a couple of months and I don't know what changed. I just think she really broke through the wall somehow. And then uh, I I realized she was right. You were all you this were... drinking, all this drinking shit. It it didn't make sense at all. She got you to be open about listening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And That's listening it. to myself. Yeah. Also, That's a great gift. Yeah, really, it is. It's a great gift that she gave you and it's a great gift that you gave yourself it to really take is. a look at yourself and say, okay. Yeah, it really is. And the self-acceptance. And so um, when, I, when I realized uh, she was right, I, um, I came to a decision that I was uh, going to, uh, what is called rehab of mm -hmm. uh, alcohol but here in Denmark you can get a little pill and if you take that and if you drink anyhow you will be so sick that you will regret that you live uh, yes but I don't think it was the pills because I, th I really think I just made the change in my head I just switched uh, yeah I just switched the, the flip and uh, and that was just it I was just done drinking i didn't touch alcohol for a year after that and it was amazing it was so amazing how long ago but, was that oh i was 17 when i almost 18 when i on the road you stopped drinking you got on a yeah. different path and you hadn't drank in a year and and how was life changed since then for you did was, you did you lose the kilos no i did not <laughs> i did not because i think that almost every addict know this um uh, when you just drop an addiction they will just pop another one up to replace the old one to make it easier for you so okay. uh, like smokers stop smoking they start eating and I stopped drinking and I started eating a lot. Okay. I really started eating a lot, a whole a lot. 
and it was not great foods. It was uh, McDonald's and uh, just burgers, pizza, uh, chips, Coca-Cola. Okay. You know, only things you uh, get really fat of. And, and, and uh, that really have... started an uh, eating disorder for me. I okay. Really... And, and how, how did that impact your back? Was it correct what she said? Or did you find that that she was just like, no. She was right. Okay. <laughs> the more weight I gained, the whole, uh, a lot of more pain I got. That's okay. for damn sure. So, uh, and uh, when I gained uh, more weight and that hurted more and people told me, hey, you have gained weight. Wasn't it about to, uh, isn't it supposed to start working out and what are you going to do with all those kilos and uh, didn't your doctor told you you have to start working out and lose kilos and and every time all of these things happened I just started to eat more to comfort myself okay so and of course that was an uh, evil spiral down I, it just uh, yeah. of a different addiction yeah, exactly. And I just, my kilos, it it was crazy. I got really fat really quick. So then what changed on that journey? Uh, actually, my girlfriend, once more. Uh, and this time also my cousin. Uh, they. What, one thing I'm hearing with all your stories is that your discipline, and I'm going to say your drive, is laser focused it went into a hiccup of addiction yeah and then it was um with with drugs and alcohol and then the addiction became food but with the yeah. with the units with your friend with your cousin and your girlfriend pushing you to light a fire under you your discipline just went in a very different direction which you know Applause. Yeah. Applause. Yeah, I, I I was so stunned about it. I I really really couldn't believe that it just happened. I was uh, overwhelmed and happy, and again I started crying right there. Really, a new chance, and I was not about to waste this chance, not at all. So so, how long did it take you to? once again go from the journey of the addiction from the alcohol and the drugs to the addiction of the food to then getting on the scale how long was that gap oh it was from yeah 15 years old to the age of 19 okay 19 okay so about four years yeah yeah it's, yeah it's four years <laughs> yeah but it, it just feels like it was 20 years you know yeah it's, <laughs> it it's just, just happened so lot on a little time so it, it it's, feels like yeah. yeah it's a lot to take in in a short yeah. amount of time and yeah, then really... so so you started losing the weight and you started going to the gym and what happened uh, when I started going to the gym, uh, all of a sudden I could see my muscles showing up. <laughs> I I could see that I had muscles. I was I was not fat. I was not skinny. I started to have muscle, and I 
fucking loved it. <laughs> it was crazy. My okay. confidence just skyrocketed. It was crazy, and I got the old me back, and I really just started loving my life again on a whole new level. It was amazing. And how long has that journey been? Oh, uh, it's... It doesn't ever stop. Around five years. Six, five, five, six, six, five years. Okay. And do you still, have you still been going to the back specialist to get the x-rays or? No, when I turned 18, I wasn't about to go there anymore. So okay. I wasn't supposed to go there anymore. So I just stopped. So they, so once you hit 18, they say you don't have to go anymore. Yeah. Then they okay. said, uh, now your back can't get worse or some, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's so okay. confusing. There, there are people in support groups that would disagree with that opinion, but um, yeah. so you I can see. <laughs> so, so you, you, you went to the gym, you're, you embraced the new you. Yeah. And I really did. And and how has have you how has your back been during the time of working out? Because I've seen your pictures on Instagram and Instagram, and I'm going to use the word you are jacked. <laughs> Thank you so you much. You are jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it means a lot. <laughs> so, but how has that has that caused you any more back pain? Did you have back pain? I mean, in the very Actually, beginning, you did, but did it continue? Uh, Yes, yes, I have never gotten rid of it. I have uh, back pain each and every day. Okay. I, there is not a moment in my life where I can't feel my back. Okay. That's just how it is now. And I I really don't mind. Uh, yeah, it hurts, but it also reminds me who I am and what I've become and okay. where I came from. And so... It, I have just started to accept my life and and I'm going to ask it. you what have you become who have you become I have become a, a helping hand I would say because I know what difference it can make in a life to be helped and I I didn't really get the help I really had to work it out myself mm -hmm. and that was big time hard and I don't want people to go through that not even my worst enemy do you consider that a gift though because you have so many different segments in your life I really do I really do yeah I am so I feel so blessed by my back yeah I today I am um, I have what I call a pain brain <laughs> uh, you know when it's pain Share? so bad when the pain's so bad that the you forget everything and drop oh. things and you're just disorientated and so can't you're being it. So you're pain. So you're saying that your pain in your back becomes so bad that you just can't focus in on anything else. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. I'm just focusing like 80% on the back and okay. I have like 20% to the left of the world. Okay. And right now it's not that bad. I have taken some pills and it has taken the top of it, of it so I could take this talk with you thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> thank you so but uh, i'm really i really am blessed 
I'm just focusing like 80% on the back and okay. I have like 20% to the left of the world. Okay. And right now it's not that bad. I have taken some pills and it has taken the top of it, of it so I could take this talk with you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. So, but uh, I'm really, I really am blessed, really blessed. Uh, I know within myself that I am going to help a lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, emotional uh, and physical, and in whatever way they want to be helped, really. And I would not have become this person if it wasn't for my back at the beginning. So I'm, I'm so thankful. It's, it's the gift that your body gave you even when you didn't want it. Exactly. Exactly. It's and an sometimes extraordinary we just have to, story. Sometimes we just have to believe that life is not doing shit to us, but for us, you know? Yeah. Really. Uh, and I really believe that everything is giving to everybody by the purpose of that people uh, that person really being able and strong enough to handle it i don't they, think people get anything that they're not strong enough to handle i don't they, we we have a saying here uh, god gives you only what you can handle yeah exactly that sounds so great and uh sometimes you say why why are you giving me this to handle but with yeah. your story i mean you have every component of your life has given you an opportunity and a gift to transfer to somebody else yeah exactly and I found my true call by public speaking and that dream is just moving like a bullet like train a, like a lightning bolt yeah yeah really, i was i was going to ask you how is how has it changed with your workouts since the time of when you when your cousin was lighting that fire under you and you were going to the gym and you found all the weight that you lost and now how has your how have your workouts changed during that time but you just answered the question i started out with working out smart uh working out for my health and for my body mm -hmm. and when the muscles start to show up the ego also started to show up yes. big time and it became all about winning uh, bodybuilding championships okay. and if I could take on Europe and if I could take on Mr. Olympia there was no uh, limits in my mind of mm -hmm. what I wanted to become with this and it just stopped uh, being about me and my back and I put put so much pressure on my shoulders I can't just put working out that one day I was in the gym in the middle of a set of uh, bench pressing mm -hmm. and I had to put the bar up and I just I collapsed I just couldn't breathe I, I felt like the whole room was just collapsing on my head and I really thought that I was getting choked and I had to uh, run outside and the second I came out of the gym it was like I could breathe fine again. It was like, okay, <gasps> you just relaxed. Yeah. And it, it was so crazy. I, I couldn't even go back in for my gym bag. I had to make my friends bring it out to me. Okay. And from that point, I really realized that this isn't the way either. This is just fucking me up in another way. This is just another addiction I'm giving myself. 
mm-hmm. and I'm not about that anymore. So now I'm just sticking to to doing it for me and my back and listening to me and my back. And when the back says no some days, then it's no fine. We do it next day. So you have now let your ego go and you yeah. work out when your body and your mind say, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym. And when not, then you yeah, then you go for a walk with your son and your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's exactly. just enough. Yeah, or sometimes I have... Ex- I have quite a lot of times I am just laying in bed and doing nothing, but I'm not sad when I'm laying there. I think uh, just another day okay. to get over this. And while I'm li- uh, laying here, I might as well write on my uh, public speaking and tell, tell us about that. that. Tell us about that. What do you, what, what is this now? What, what is this chapter now that all of these steps have brought you to where you are? Uh, my public speaking adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so what did you want to hear about it again? <laughs> what, 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 is, what are you public speaking about? Uh, I'm speaking of uh, scoliosis and living with uh, drunk parents and being a drunk myself and being a drug addict and how to take shit from your life from your past and just flush it out you are now taking your journey of scoliosis and your addictions and you're translating it into public speaking yeah and now i'm going to ask you when people want to find i know where they can find you but i'm gonna you're gonna say your name i know where people can find you on instagram so where can people find you on instagram Uh, people can find me on instagram on uh, fuck scoliosis (laughs) Uh, fuck underscore scoliosis okay and is there any other social media where they can find you uh actually no okay no, not yet that's so instagram is enough instagram is yeah, enough that, that is uh, where i'm at uh, i don't uh, really use facebook or anything i think it's okay. all about negativity. so okay yeah it's 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 an interesting world but Shano, I would like to thank you for being a guest on the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. This has, I feel like I knew you before, but now I feel like I didn't know you at all. <laughs> I, I can understand that. So, There's uh, quite a lot to take in. Yes, yes. But if anybody would like to find Shano on Instagram, the name is Fuck Scoliosis. You can send him a DM if you want him to be a speaker. Send yes, him a message. Get that if conversation you just started. Want to, uh, to talk and have an ear to listen to your stories, just uh, hit me up. All right, Shano, I thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. It was such an honor. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.